an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Blue Wire. is a city of champions once again. The Cleveland Cavaliers select Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. Here comes Sexton. Some ribbon. And he got it, young ball. Continues to wear him out. Do you know what the Cavs fans are calling the Darius Garland, Colin Sexton backcourt? What? Sexland. Oh, that's good. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Justin Roan. The Cleveland Cavaliers suffer a painful loss to the Detroit Pistons. They waste a good Kevin Love game. Uh, Darius Garland had a great start to the game. Not so great finish. Colin Sexton was mostly a disaster. Very, very frustrating loss. So I'm just going to completely avoid talking about that and bring on my good buddy, Ty Windish of the Eurostep Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network as well. Ty, I got a very important question for you. Really excited to have you on here. Knicks. Raptors, Warriors, fuck, Mary, kill. Where's Giannis going? Oh my God, you suck so you suck so bad. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, How you doing, buddy? So- it's good to have you back on here. I'm doing good. Do I should I answer the question? No, not? that's not Kill a real Knicks. question. I, Kill the Knicks. This, this isn't the this isn't the jump, man. Okay. <laughs> oh, you're you're firing on all cylinders tonight. You know what? I I like to distract. Let, let's distract from the ugliest ugliness that was that game. Um, it, <laughs> so, but before we actually talk about other things, I, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, the Kevin Love thing. I really did enjoy his apology. For those that don't know, um, he talked about how he was acting like a 13-year-old rather than a 31-year-old. Uh, said that um, whether he's here for the next five weeks or the next five months, he <laughs> That's so is. Funny. He is committed to this team and loves his teammates, which this is probably another test. A very, very trying game for him. I don't know how you feel, Ty, but love saying five weeks or five months makes me actually believe him because it sounds like he's being honest about when he expects to leave. 
Yeah, it does. Uh, that that quote is so funny. Five weeks or five months, like clearly not more than that. Um, but I, you know, here's the thing. This is something I've been thinking about uh, a little bit today. Is there any chance that this was like a squeaky wheel gets the grease kind of move from Kevin Love? Like, is there any chance he does stay a little bit longer, maybe closer to five months, maybe even longer, and he just like was actually like not frustrated specifically about not being traded, but just about how things were going. And I mean, clearly I know tonight he had a good night. He got more touches. It seemed like he scored a lot more than he has been. I think all season. I don't know if that's a season high or not, but mm-hmm. it sure feels like it. Could this have been just a cry for help? Could the Cavs and him work it out? Is this possible? <laughs> um, I, I don't believe so. Maybe part of it is just an understanding that, Hey, uh, a trade doesn't seem likely right now. And maybe he understands that, by acting like a child, he's tanking his value and making it difficult for him to get out of here. Um, so may- maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's playing good soldier. And um, e- either way, I appreciate it. Uh, it's nights like this that make me remember, hey, Kevin Love's really damn good. He, he can help a lot of teams. When he's engaged, he- he's a really, really good player. And-, and, I mean, that's part of why I think a lot of Cavs fans would like to see him in a good situation. I, I think – everybody's at the point where they're ready to move on. Uh, They just want it to be for a good return, which is less likely to come down the pipeline if he's throwing hissy fits and trying to murder teammates. Yeah, that's certainly true. Uh, It might just be good business, even if he does want to get moved. I think that's often the funny, unless somebody wants to go to a specific team, AKA Anthony Davis, absolutely nuking the Pelican season and, I still like people have joked about the return for AD in that trade since then, but Griff literally could not have done better given the situation he was in, unless you're trying to go to one specific team and bully your way somewhere. And I don't really think love is trying to do that. I think he has preferred destinations, but it doesn't seem like he's, you know, he's torpedoing other offers. I think he just wants to be out. Um, but uh, it, it, it's the smart move to not, you know, pout and, and not play well or whatever else. So it's, it's kind of counterintuitive. You're upset, but you really have to play like a model citizen to make sure you can get moved as easily as possible. Yeah, for sure. And I think there has to be some understanding too that, hey, this is not a very sexy trade market. There's there's not a lot of great names out there. It's basically Kevin Love, Andre Drummond, who I saw both of those guys tonight. Um, Kyle Kuzma, if you find that sexy. Uh, we actually got a question in our Discord chat. Uh, shout out to uh, B. Jones in there who asked if there was anybody in the league that has a bigger difference or a larger gap between their perceived value or, or the kind of their, their star power on the trade market and what they actually bring to the table than Kuzma. So like, does the person have to actually be on the market currently to qualify? You know what? Let's just do perceived value. I, let's let's simplify it that way because otherwise there there really isn't anybody no, on no, the market. There's, not that, there's, yeah. not, there's only like five guys on the market total. Right, right. Um, like I think uh, like I'm a Ken Birch stan. It's kind of weird. Like I, and he doesn't he he now he's playing a little bit more because he had some injuries. But like I, I wanted a smart team to try and steal Ken Birch because the the Magic really weren't playing him. So like I think he's good. Like I think he could be a, an answer. Um, I feel like the most like some of the some of the players are just so wildly fluctuating, like not fluctuating, but like one group sees them as X and one group sees them as Y, and X and Y are really far apart. Like 
like D'Lo. I feel like a lot of people have a lot of different ideas on where D'Lo's value is, but it's not as drastic as Kuzma. Um, but I think one that's interesting to me, I think NBA Twitter at large and, and like just online NBA people like in, in, in my Discord, I think I see it more in mine in the, in the Euro group one than in the, the chase down. But I think just online people in general, I think Robert Covington has gotten a little bit overvalued at this point. Oh, that's, I don't, that's a really good take. That, that that's like, take. I just, I see so much about how Robert Covington is like the best three and D wing. And he's like an average at best. If that shooter, his defense is good, but like, I don't know if it's like, you know, Kawhi Leonard good. I know, I know it's not that like, it's not Kawhi Leonard good. Like, He's I, I feel like what wing. people think, like, I feel like the NBA Twitter conversation around him makes him out to be Chris Middleton. Yeah, exa- pretty much. Yeah, which is not the case. Which he, he's more Jay Crowder when he was in Boston. Yeah, exactly. He, I, like, he is like a really good low usage wing player to have, but I think like going through the process romanticized him to online people who – you know, a lot of who like Kinky was a genius and whatever, and, and any player who was there is great. And he was on the very, very good Sixers team with, with Dario Sarge and the starting five before they nuked that group for no real reason. Uh, so it's, it's fascinating to me. But yeah, I see him brought up all the time, like for the Bucks, like this should be their trade target. And I'm like, he's probably a better player, but is he really going to contribute that much more than Wes Matthews contributes to the Bucks? I don't yeah. think there's a wide gulf. Like, I think they're pretty close. So it's, I think he would be maybe my one if you look at the opposite of Kuzma, the anti-Kuzma. Like, people who are really high on Kuzma are, like, not into analytics and all this stuff. <laughs> the other crowd, like, who does the other crowd overrate? For me, it's Robert Covington, who I think is a fine player. But he's not going to, like, take the bucks and make them a surefire championship winner. The one thing I'll say with Kuzma is there is some sex appeal with his name, and that is 100% a product of him playing in L.A. and the attention that he's got. Uh, there, there is brand recognition for whatever that counts for, especially if you're kind of a, a market that that's struggling. I just don't think he brings anything to the table. Like, he's not a good he's not a good three-point shooter. He's not a good defender. He doesn't really pass. He's not a great dribbler. Uh, he, he's got a nice little mid-range game, and sometimes he can get hot, but the, it's basically just name recognition, which, who knows? Maybe that's something that even plays into the Cavs' favor. Like, I, I think that's what they're banking on with Kevin Love is finding those teams that um, have trouble attracting free agents and, and aren't able to use their cap space in a sexy way. So you add Kevin Love, you become a little little bit more relevant, sell a few more tickets, and maybe that works in their favor. So I, I, I don't want to dismiss it completely, but at the end of the day, Kyle Kuzma's just not a good player. No, he's, he's – uh, I think I made the comparison. He's like – if you were comparing him and, and Sexton, and this might be – it's probably unfair to Sexton, but like it's like the Spider-Men pointing at each other except one is tall and one is short. Like that's, that's the player. You know, really high points per game. You know, can get buckets, which there's, there's some there's – like – some utility there like it matters and they're young ish i mean sexton is three years younger than kuzma i think at least uh kuzma like being 24 and and i think well over 24 is yeah he's turning 25 i think before the end of the season yeah like i think people don't know that he had a long college career in utah weirdly enough but uh yeah it's uh it's like i don't know it's very weird to me that he's been so heavily romanticized i think if he had been ended up like if they had to for cap reasons and he ended up with going like with Jamario Jones and Svi Mihailuk over to Detroit, I, I don't think we would talk about him quite so often. No, no, I, I, I completely agree. And 
it, it's funny. So talking about sex appeal and all that, I, I had a thought preparing for this because um, the conversation has been out there. I am sure you're aware um, that the Milwaukee Bucks just are not getting enough attention. Uh, for, the, for those that haven't really been paying close attention, this team has five losses. They are by far the best team in the NBA this season in, in terms of every, any metric you look at. They have a better net rating than the 73-win Warriors. And they have Giannis, who, who's a pretty damn good player. I have a theory, though, about why or what they could do to start getting a little bit more attention. You need to start leaking some trade rumors. Like leaking guys that they're targeting and things like that. Even if you don't actually go out there and get those guys, that's something Knicks have been living on for like two decades. That's something some of these other teams are, are making a living out of. And at least then you can say, all right, you know what? We're always trying to get a little bit better. We went after so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. We, we tried trading JJ Hickson for Mari Stoudemire. Like all of that type of stuff. I, I, I think that, they need to generate a little bit more sex appeal for themselves there, Ty. It changed the conversation. Yeah, like I think they could do it. I honestly, you know, my, my biggest concern there is you end up looking like Danny Ainge. And if there's one thing I don't want my franchise to do, it's to resemble the Celtics more. Like if there's <laughs> one goal, it's to not be the Celtics <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. But uh, I agree. I think they probably should. Like I think if they cheated more, they'd be better. And I don't mean like, like Boston Red Sox or New England Patriots cheating. Boston is just catching it in this podcast. Yeah, geez. You, you went through the Bermuda Triangle of uh, Massachusetts teams. I appreciate that. Maybe they shouldn't be so bad, but um, not that kind of cheating, but like the LeBron kind of cheating where like you blow up other, and Kawhi really this offseason where like you blow up other people's teams and like convince their players to come play with you. And I think like that's kind of the benefit and the curse of having your franchise player be a guy that named like Giannis. Like, I don't think he's that interested in doing those things. Like he would rather just win with his guys and everything. Right. Which, well, I, I mean, the Danny Ainge situation is not pulling the trigger when you have a clear win, like yeah. not, not trading Jalen Brown for Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. Like you need the um, assets, and, baby. And as good as Jalen Brown has been, and, and I'm really enjoying him this season. Um, those guys are pretty, pretty damn good. And uh, they, they seem to have, done pretty well for themselves in other situations so True. no I, I i'm i'm with you. you you always want to project stability but i think you also want to project a sense of always looking to get a little bit better and having that be the conversation versus like last time you were on the podcast we talked about how much sense drew holiday would make which yeah I think you and I both agree that that would be just absolutely phenomenal from a fit perspective. Um, I don't think what they'd have to sacrifice in a trade. Like I, I think they have enough assets to make that trade and not really hurt what makes this team special. Um, but I don't see a lot of actual conversations in terms of who the bucks are going after. And maybe this is a blind spot and, and feel free to kind of fill me in here. But I, I don't see like any talk about trades to to improve this roster always seems kind of more in the the hypothetical realm versus mm. discussing what type of moves they're actually trying to make. And I I don't think that I, I, I that doesn't mean they're not trying they're not looking. And to be clear, yeah. I totally I totally agree with like not being complacent. Like I I I tweet so we did a trades podcast at the Eurostep uh, Rohan Kadi and I and. I talk about going for guys like Drew Holiday. Uh, I like Davis Bertans as a cheap, but very interesting to me. Like pairing him with Brooke Lopez and Giannis could be really, really fun. It, like the 
the not a failure version of what going after Miritich was. But um, there's the, I get those replies often. Like the team is you know whatever they are right now. Like they win every game. They're first in the NBA. Why would you do this? Like well, you know if the Warriors had said that same thing, they may have like what one ring now in this era instead of three. Maybe they have two. Who knows? They probably don't have three. Uh, going and getting that KD guy really helped, and they broke up a very very good team to do that. Uh, so I think some you always need to have an eye looking, you know, at, at how you can improve. I think that's the name of the game, especially in this era where there's more movement of, of assets by both players and teams than ever. But uh, as for the Bucks, I want to say their last three big trades all came out of nowhere. Uh, right. I, I, like Miritich stunned me. I don't think I saw – I think there was maybe some Bledsoe murmuring, but I was still pretty surprised when they got it done and pretty happy. And I – oh, and George Hill. The George Hill trade, I think – was a pretty big surprise too, although it got billed at first as the Delhi trade, which is hilarious. But that one, I don't, I don't think there was much inkling beforehand. I think it kind of just came out and it happened. So yeah, and, and it was two organizations that are have been very quiet. Like yeah, even yes, though the Kobe's cats have been, been leaky in the past, Kobe Altman has been very, very quiet. And I, I mean, ultimately, this is a stupid conversation because <laughs> in in a vacuum, I would say that that is a very smart way to operate because it doesn't leave your existing players in kind of this disgruntled state where their, their names are in trade rumors and, and you have what happened in Boston and LA last year where, where those young guys um, were obviously affected by, by those situations. But at the same time, the the reason this is dumb, but it still kind of matters to some extent is when you are actively kind of pursuing a certain type of player or, or these targets, that becomes the conversation with your team. You, and it's not the conversation that currently exists around the Bucks, which I find to be stupid, which is, all right, we already know that what they have right now, this seems like what they're going all in with. And if it doesn't work out this year, we have this pre-agency thing and we're all going to be talking about Giannis, blah, 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 blah. Um, e- even though, if Giannis got a single free throw in regulation in game three against Toronto, they go up three zero. Um, but they're clearly so far away from a title still. Like it's just this real dumb conversation. And it's almost like just have to find some way to, to drum up some sort of conversation that isn't that. Yeah. It's fascinating. Um, I think part of the, it, it's, I think it, it certainly is a factor and it certainly matters that these media outlets like on their own would, would much prefer Giannis to play for the Knicks or the Warriors or the Lakers than, than play for the Bucs. I think there's, that's clearly a factor in, in there being a lot of silence right now. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't get it. I don't want to say I get it. I'm trying to calm myself down. I've been agitated more in recent days about this. Like Caruso gets mentioned like five times as much as the Bucs as a team do because he wears a headband now and JaVale told him to wear a headband. And mm. that's the kind of stuff that, like there's, I, there's an argument um, made that like the Bucks don't go out of their way to market themselves. With I think it's like half fair, but half like you're not paying attention. Like they literally act out WWE wrestling scenes before every game. Like Giannis and Wes Matthews and Brooke and Robin Lopez, excuse me, actually pretend to beat the crap out of each other. Like and they post it on Instagram and it's hysterical every single game. Like there's fun stuff happening here. But on the other hand, it's like you look at the guys who do get covered for no reason. And so much of the time, it just seems like so much other, like how the internet operates, you know, it's like, it's just weird or random, like randomness. The internet loves randomness. So like Caruso is balding and kind of good. So it's a thing. 
Taco Fall is very, very tall, so he was sixth in Eastern front court, in front court, front court players, excuse me. Like, there's just so – I think part of it is media outlets that either don't care about the Bucs or, or just want clicks, and, and the Bucs aren't the sexiest team. Like, Chris Middleton has to be one of the most boring all-stars of all time. No offense to you, Chris Middleton. Not on the court, but, like, off the court. Like, I don't really even know anything about Chris Middleton. But uh, Yeah, except I, for his, I can't think of any instance where I've heard Chris Middleton talk. He did uh, – I, I haven't really heard him talk. He does, a, like, a 25 or 12 days of Christmas thing or Cashmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, KH miss and either he like gives toys to kids but again it's like it's not like you're not gonna like get TMZ like talking to Chris Middleton about his yacht or something <laughs> like it doesn't Chris Middleton's not going to parties that like people care about I think I don't know uh, I don't want to much Chris Middleton but and I understand where you're coming from because I feel like if this team ultimately doesn't win a title they're going to be talked about the the same way that the first era LeBron Cavs where where it was okay they won 60 games they won 62 games uh elite defensive team very very good in the regular season uh but it was LeBron slash Giannis and a bunch of scrubs which Mm -hmm. not the case uh so it's frustrating and the media does weird things um one of the weirdest things that I've noticed is this blank is going to the Warriors without them giving up anything because warriors writers and media has spoken it into existence like i've seen ben simmons talk i've seen carl anthony towns talk and uh gxt billy in our discord chat once again giving a shout out to the discord had asked do you think anything ultimately happens with simmons and gat like to me it just seems simmons isn't even in the first year of his extension cat is in the first year of a five-year extension nothing's happening with these guys right I don't think so. Uh, I think Simmons is more likely, but I don't think it's like Ben Simmons pushes his way out of Philly. I think it's like the the Sixers might kind of panic and and just try to do something. Um, Their whole team, and and it's it's so fascinating. Like, this is like, like obviously it makes sense for me to be frustrated that the Bucs don't get covered more for obvious reasons. Like, it literally would help me out (laughs) as a person. Um, But, like, I'm frustrated at, at a lot of coverage just as a whole, like, the whole Sixers thing, like all of it, everything about the Sixers over the last five years has been the most fascinating, weird, but interesting mess possible. And like they're good, but they should be better. Like they don't fit at all. Al Horford is mad in the media. Like when does that ever happen? When is Al <laughs> Horford, the guy who goes to me, like it's insane. How weird that, that's, a, that's actually a really good point. Eh? And- that does not happen. It's Al Horford. The weirdest thing about it, too, is what did you think your role was going to be? And is your role really that different than what you were in Boston? I don't understand Al Horford whatsoever. Didn't, didn't, wasn't it you that had the tweet, Al Horford, when his points per game go yes. from 14 to 13? Yeah, it was literally 13.6 to 12.6. That was the difference. <laughs> I don't know. And a lot of people were tweeting me. Like, obviously, it's, it's more complicated than that. But a lot of people were tweeting me, like, it's not the points per game. Like, it's, it's he's not commanding the defense anymore or whatever. And, and oh I, didn't, I didn't take the time to reply. But, okay, first, it's objectively hilarious that he went from 13.6 to 12.6. That's funny. I don't care if it's not the exact root cause of his – I don't even know if he was frustrated. I, I don't understand Al Horford as a person. I've that, might, that might be the smallest drop-off in production like a box score production that's led to a yeah. grievance overall <laughs> it has to be but like 
Like if if it, if he thought he was going to captain the defense, like what team did, were you aware of Joel Embiid? I, I don't know. I, I don't know what else he expected. I don't know. I don't understand Al Horford, but their whole team is so weird. But I could see Simmons moving more than Cat because, like, you could see the the Sixers saying, "Well, Joel Embiid is our franchise." As terrifying as that prospect can be with his his health things and everything else, but you could see them saying, "Well, Joel Embiid is our franchise. Maybe we should try to optimize him while we're." "Quote unquote," this good, uh, and see if we can win a title right now. Maybe our chances are better if we flip Simmons for someone. Ironically, the kind of player they could really use is a Jimmy Butler type when they didn't offer him the max. So I, I don't. Again, Philly just a convoluted, interesting mess. But so I yeah. could maybe see that. But e- Kat, even a good young player Kat like the, Markel Fultz who went for a career yeah. high the other night. Yeah, but thankfully they picked up uh, a wing player who's out of the league who whose name I literally can't remember. Right now, Jonathan Simmons. Yeah, Jonathan Simmons. I think they gave up a, a second round pick, which awful, awful trade. <laughs> but um, that team, it's that, that Philly team, man. But uh, that thirty for thirty is going to be incredible. It, it's but, still funny that they get as much attention as they do um, when they really don't play an interesting brand of basketball. Like it is ugly, and I appreciate zigging when other teams zag. Um, like. I feel this season is a return to some of the basketball we, we saw even just a few years ago where we actually are starting to see different styles and any of these styles can win and who gets who in the playoffs can, can really uh, determine how far a team goes. Whereas before it was just, okay, this is what the Warriors are doing. Nobody can really touch that. Anything that comes before that is kind of irrelevant. Um, that's out the window. And now you have the Sixers team that, okay, there, there's an interesting aspect in that they can turn it on, and we have seen impressive performances from them. But it's still just an ugly, ugly brand of basketball. I mean, it's just funny that they do get as much attention as they do. It is, but I think it's just like what they're trying to do is just sort of captivating because they leaned into it further. Like going No, I get that. Warford is like, it's so weird, but – um, yeah, it is, it is kind of funny how, how much we focus on them and like, I don't know, like it's the Bucks so funny that, more. Like I'm, I am still a Ben Simmons fan. Um, if he's good, he's very good. Yeah, I, I think he would really benefit from a change of scenery. It's just hilarious that their idea of how to build around him because uh, you're you're building around him and Embiid, and yeah. yes, that's not an ideal pairing, but you're trying to build around those guys. Their way to do that was two power forwards and a center. I just, I there none of their offseason made sense to me. It just didn't. I think they got rid of the two most important guys to making that pairing work in the playoffs, and that's JJ Redick and, and Jimmy Butler. Like JJ was like literally, he provides a whole team spacing by himself, and Butler is the guy who could cut through and actually score when neither of those guys could because of the way defense is constricted in the playoffs. So. I just I couldn't like Josh Richardson is a nice player for sure. Yeah, Tobias Harris I, I like is him. fine. Like the the third of the season when he decides to be engaged and, and really go and, and command the ball, he's good. The rest of it, he's gonna have like eight points per game and you're not gonna worry about him that much. Mm-hmm. And Horford Sne- is good. sneaky good defensively too. Tobias yeah. Harris has been very very good defensively this year. Yeah, he has. But uh, I like him more as a four than a three, and now he's like damn near a two on this team. Like, it's just it's weird. And I like I like like I agree with you. I like when teams zig when they say like I like Denver for that reason. Denver is very weird. Um, but I yeah, I just I I think I don't know. I think they kind of they might have like zigged themselves dizzy. 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's a really good way of putting it. Um, I think David Thorpe had a trade where the Warriors were giving up their first and D'Angelo Russell for Ben Simmons. Which yeah. That would be definitely something and would make me very, very mad that the Warriors would find a way to get a 6'11 version of <laughs> Draymond. Yeah, that, like... Oh man, that, my thing that... with the Warriors right now is like, uh, and I talked about this. I was actually on uh, Light Years with Sam Esfandiari. Did I say it right? Yeah, yeah, you nailed this. Yes, um, and like the one of the th- one of the one things we kind of worried about them like next year, and this was if they keep D'Lo. But either way, I- I'm kind of like, how is their defense going to be good? Like Steph and Clay are older now. Draymond, of course, is older now. Like Iguodala is probably gone. Even if they like sign him back, he's like 37 or whatever. You know, Bogut is gone. Like, their defense was what they built their team on. In addition to the spacing in the pre-KD team, well, getting Ben Simmons and pairing him with Draymond would be, like, how you get the defense back. Like, it would be ridiculous. Yeah. No, yeah, that would uh, that that would be maddening because this draft is very, very depressing. And, and I think that was something that you and I had talked about when we were talking about what the Bucks could give up for uh, Drew Holiday. And we've talked about that as well as a very depressing Cavs angle. Um, Mm -hmm. but for them to turn this kind of sabbatical into Ben Simmons would just be way, way too frustrating. Uh, So let's just hope that that doesn't happen. I don't think it will. Um, The other trade name that's out there on the trade market that I do actually find interesting is Andre Drummond. And this is a guy that Twitter seems to be very, very split on um, whether or not his numbers have actual impact. I think it's noteworthy that the Pistons actually have been to the playoffs a couple times during his tenure with the team. They haven't won a playoff game, which, I mean, running into LeBron and Giannis will do that. Uh, so so yeah. that one series with the Cavs was actually pretty damn close every single game. Um, but, yeah, that was a fun series. That was a weirdly fun series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kyrie was really clutch at the end. Uh, I think uh, Didier uh, Kurtenbach from the <laughs> I, I think that's when we called him Fat Adam Scott because he came out with a very hot takey video that uh, even though the Cavs had swept the Pistons, that they were in big trouble and there were signs that Kyrie and LeBron <laughs> wouldn't make it work, which oh. they they won uh, the title that year. So, you know, is what it is. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I want to get your thoughts on Drummond. Um, do, do you think that he's actually someone that has a positive impact on the game? Is he worth kind of that max contract or, or where, where do you see him in this NBA landscape? So I like Drummond as a player. Uh, I think he's fine. I think if he was on a team that really, and, and maybe with some like a veteran center around him that really drilled him to work on his fence a little bit more I think that's the biggest area that he could improve on to become like a significant plus player as opposed to like a, a a vaguely plus player on the floor I think his rebounding is is nice and good and you know like the Pistons I think I checked around when the 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 trade talk with Atlanta got reported they're like a middle of the road rebounding team very good in offensive rebounding which of course he contributes to but like the Pistons were like just a fine rebounding team league-wide so I feel like if you're you're the game's best rebounder, which I think he is pretty easily, like your team <laughs> yeah. should probably be a good rebounding team, not just like an okay rebounding team. And he plays a lot of minutes. So uh, I think like the, the end of it, and I know this is a sentiment that's gone around analytics, Twitter, like individual rebounds are not as great of a stat as like rebound percentage and everything else. Like guys who box out more and let their teammates get rebounds can actually help the team more, yada, yada, yada. But whatever, the guy can grab rebounds for sure. He's a nice presence down low. He had worked on some dribble handoff stuff like three years ago, 
it was like his exciting like turn as a playmaker. I don't think that really came to fruition. But I think part of the thing there is like Blake shows up and like just sort of dominates the ball and like basically does his best Chris Paul impression. And DeAndre is kind of left like Clippers Blake. Like he doesn't really get the chance to do things. I mean, I remember when CP3 went down for a long stretch, like Blake actually did do some playmaking on those Clippers teams. So it's kind of the inverse situation of like now Blake is taking the ball out of a different big guy's hands a little bit. But um, like, I think if he goes to Atlanta, it'd be good for him because I think Trey Young would help unlock a lot with him. Uh, he's gotten to play with Reggie Jackson a little bit. Like Reggie Jackson just always hurt. Uh, and then I think Blake and him just were not like the greatest fit. Like I think there's something there offensively. If his defense came along and, and he was better, I think he could be a good player. Uh, all of this said, like a full max, I don't know if I'm getting there for uh, yeah. for Andre Drummond. Uh, like the defense should be more where, than it is right now if I want to give him that. And I still don't know if I want to just because like full maxes are really, really big numbers these days. Yeah, I talked myself into him uh, on the last podcast I did with uh, Jeff Nomina. Like just because Cavs aren't, a attractive free agent destination at this point and mm. having that guy as someone to throw lobs to that just puts up monster box score numbers like i think that does still have a value like i, I think a guy shouldering that type of a load he draws a lot of attention and um, yeah. i i'm still a believer in a lot of these Cavs perimeter players i i think that they can be effective players and certainly better than a lot of what detroit's kind of had to deal with uh throughout his tenure there um so i i'd be fine with it i, I want to be fun and relevant and i think that that's kind of the, the space where i would be looking to acquire him like if you're a team that's looking to get fun and relevant and figure things out from there absolutely go for it go get andre drummond um and, and you look so, at you look at what Atlanta was offering it was basically the Brooklyn pick that's lottery protected, which might not convert now if Kyrie is out for the rest of the season um, and expiring contracts. Like that, that was it. Mm-hmm. I, I think you could, I, I think the Cavs could beat that offer with, without really breaking the bank. Yeah. So I, I've been thinking about this a little bit today uh, in advance of this podcast. So I think there's two real ways to make a lot of sense to go about getting him. Like, I think it's pretty obvious you're going to have to move, like maybe not value wise, but just like team building wise, like one of TT or love probably has to go. Right. Like I don't, I don't think you want love and TT and Drummond, unless you just plan on moving love like right after, but then still like, like what are your thoughts on like Tristan Thompson and Andre Drummond? Like, I, I don't think you'd play them together. Like, and I know there's a, there's a great sentiment to keep, Tristan Thompson, of course, he means so at much. That, at that point, you're, you're trading Tristan because okay. you're, you're going to be paying Drummond so much money. And yeah. we know that there's a market out there for Tristan Thompson um, as much as I like him. And, and this would obviously be contingent on Drummond expressing a willingness to stay because uh, you have to factor that in. He, he may opt out this summer. I, I think it's likely that he opts out. Oh, yeah, um, for sure he does. But that, that would be one of those conversations where you're not allowed to have that conversation, but you still have it. Oh, yeah. um, but if that's the case, you're, you're moving Tristan very shortly after, or if it is a trade deadline day move, uh, it happens same day. Um, yeah. and then, are, you, are you okay with that? I am. No, I, I am. I, I still think like my opinion is that everybody should be on the table pretty much mm-hmm. uh, with like the exception of Darius Garland and Kevin Porter jr. Um, just see what's out there. Um, and if a good enough offer is on the table for Tristan, I, I think you have to take it. 
Sure. Like it, it, whether that be for someone like Miles Turner or Andre Drummond, uh, if it opens the door for getting those type of guys, I, I'm I'm all for it. No, I, I I agree. I think that's the smart thing. I just didn't know, you know how uh, how much the the sentiment was was getting was you know sort of interfering with that. But I think like the main constructions, like clearly you could do like Knight and Tristan and and like a Bucks pick and the Bucks pick. I mean for. Andre Drummond, and that's pretty pretty easy. I, that that might beat the Hawks off. I don't know how they look at various things, but like there's your expiring money plus pick. I mean, Detroit takes mm-hmm. on a little bit of money there, so I don't know if they want to do that. But we'll we'll, we'll throw in Anthony Zizic. We'll we'll throw in Baby Shaq, Baby and, Shaq. And, and that'll uh, that'll get it over. It might. Uh, <laughs> no, one of the one of the really fun constructs I was actually looking at, like right as we were starting off, though, is Drummond goes to Cleveland salary and picks go to Detroit and not probably a lot of picks, but some, yeah, maybe we can make this a three teamer and send Kevin love somewhere. Hey, how about that? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the one hang up for Cleveland would be, well, why don't we just wait and sign Drummond? I I don't know how much getting him in the door helps you. Like, I don't know how much that factors into this, but like, like that Phoenix trade, maybe the stuff and like a bad pick goes to Detroit and then, you get Andre Drummond right away and maybe you get something else as well. I don't know exactly how it works, but my, my big thing is even if it, even if getting him in the door and enabling those conversations to, to try to get him to stay and all that. And yeah. maybe you have some of those talks before the trade actually happens. But I think doing that is worth whatever expiring contracts you're giving up. Cause you're, you're not giving up tons of value. Um, obviously that once you start talking about the picks that, that kind of tips the scales. Um, but if you're able to have those conversations during that process, I think that's worthwhile. Yeah. And, and so, also I, I want shit to talk about here, Ty. Like I, I, <laughs> I still have months to do this. We, we have half a season. We have draft season. Like this is going for another six months here or twice a week. I need some shit to talk about. And Andre Drummond in wine and gold fits that description. It does. And I think, and to kind of like, I was really just playing devil's advocate with the getting him in the door, but like, let's say Kevin Love goes out, some other stuff moves around, Andre Drummond comes to town. The value of that, as opposed to, I'm sure there are people out here who say, why would we give up Kevin Love for, you know, a chance to sign a guy who's going to be a free agent in X months. Let's be honest. What pitch is Cleveland giving Andre Drummond to really persuade him to come sign a a smaller deal than he could, either with the Pistons or anywhere else he gets traded? If you, know, you have to move, it's just a short little drive. You, you exactly. Don't have to, that's you're it. You're going to save money on shipping. That that's your pitch. Yeah, maybe you could use ShipStation and really save money. But um, absolutely, <laughs> ship happens. Promo code blue. Promo um, code blue, baby. Yeah, no, but, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and, and, and also there's there's the Cleveland tourism video. I mean, we're not Detroit. That that has True. to mean something. It should. It's a nice city. I've been once. I love it there. I love it. But continue. Um, no, but I just think like having him in the door, you get you get the inside track on resigning him. You get CBA advantages and resigning him, even if you don't give him a full max. You can go to that fifth year, like all sorts of things. So I think there's certainly value in doing that. And I think a guy like Drummond, and I, I don't know Andre Drummond personally, um, but and here's something fun you could talk about. He has a couple of rap songs out. He's he's not bad. I actually think he's he's not as good as Damian Lillard, but a pretty good rapper. But um. I think if you if the Cavs traded for him right and said we really want to build this next iteration of Cleveland basketball around you, 
I think that's something that would mean a lot to Andre Drummond. I think he would be very amenable to that. No, no, I, I agree. And I don't know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm excited because we're now within a month uh, of the deadline. Um, but it's also like that the hypotheticals are fun and, and it's, I, I think the thought of the transaction is one of the more exciting things that we get to do as sports fans. Um, but once that deadline gets closer and closer and reality hits and Hey, we might get a shit return here, or this might be underwhelming that, that always stings. So there, there's a mixture of excitement and anxiety there that uh, is a little, a little tough to wrestle with. Um, but before we wrap this all up, I, I do want to talk about kind of the threats in the Eastern conference. I, I think it was a rooster in our uh, discord chat. I'm going to double check that as I ask this question. Um, but had basically asked, and, and we talked about this last time, but obviously it's a, an evolving situation. Who are your main concerns uh, for teams that could knock the Bucks off in these? Is there one team that kind of presents something from a matchup aspect that, that concerns you versus the other teams? Yeah, it's got to be Philly. Uh, it's got to be Philly. Uh, probably Toronto up there, but not really. I, I just would think without Kawhi, they just don't have it anymore. And Danny Green, sure, but mostly Kawhi. Um, but, like, Philly, for all their warts and everything, and I, I still think the Bucks beat them in a series. Obviously, Christmas was a bloodbath, but there was a lot going on there that I don't think is really uh, really replicable for uh, the Sixers and, and really for the Bucks. The Bucks were unseasonably bad, but Philly is the one team that really has the personnel to to slow down Giannis to really protect the rim, and I think teams that teams that do two things score at the rim and and hit threes. If you take away the rim scoring, I think they really have a hard time winning a playoff series. Look at Houston for an example of that. Uh, it's just I just don't think like if threes is really the only thing you can do. I don't think shooting them, even if you're pretty good at it, I don't think it'll it'll get you through a, a hard playoff series. So. That they worry me the most just because of that. I think the Bucks need to work on counters to that, opening up some mid-range scoring, getting some other players and plays going to mix things up. Like when Embiid is going to be in, in drop coverage against Giannis, just have Giannis screen for guards who basically get a free runway after that, shoot threes, attack the rim, do something, do something besides running into Embiid over and over, which is going to work out really well for Joel Embiid uh, over the course of a series. So Philly, uh, that's really the only team that I think could beat the Bucks in the series in the East, and I still I still would favor Milwaukee. Um, the other teams, it's just like if you don't have interior size, I just don't believe that you can beat the Bucks. Like I just don't think you can you can take enough away from them on either end. Like the Celtics, cute team, who's guarding Giannis, and like who's the second line on Giannis? Like maybe Marcus Smart, you can talk yourself into it. Maybe Jalen Brown, or maybe even Tatum. Then, like, How do you second- feel about Aubrey? Aubrey, oh. Is, are you talking about Drake? <laughs> yes. We're I talking know. Celtics right now. I know, but I'm I'm talking about Has he guys. Fandoms? No, oh. no, no. I'm talking about. Oh. Well, uh, yeah, he might. But I'm talking about <laughs> like as we're listing people that could bother you on us and, and provide that second line of defense. Well, that's the third line. That's why the Raptors were truly unstoppable. That was the third line of defense. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they, the Celtics have like some okay first line guys. And then like Ennis Cantor or Time Lord is your second line. It's like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not not concerned. Um, the Heat are good. Uh, I think they're a really good team. But again, like Bam Adebayo is great. Uh, he's not. He's not at the point where he can really hold Giannis himself. And they don't have like that guy waiting in the wings. Like Myers Leonard's not going to concern me, etc. Yeah, they're they're coming back down to earth. Like they yeah. 
they are at a point where they won a lot of close games and, and now they're kind of losing those games. And I, I think Justice Winslow is a massive X factor because he hasn't really been playing and he is a ridiculously good basketball player. Um, they, they're well coached and whatnot, but uh, in terms of legitimate playoff threats, they, they're still probably a, a move away. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I don't know if that, I don't know if they're going to do anything. I think they really like their team. Um, and I think they'd be foolish to, to deal Winslow right now. He would be one of the most interesting long-term guys if he gets moved. I, I really like Winslow as well. But So I'm not overly concerned about them either. Uh, the Raptors, I just think, really good story as well. Uh, I think they're going to come down to earth. I think they – like this, this – the, what they're doing right now is terrific. Uh, Nick Nurse rises up my like current NBA coach's leaderboard. Do, do you know well. how they lost tonight, by the way? How did they lose tonight? Oh, think about it. They're playing Portland. What would be the best way for them to lose? Uh oh, Carmelo had a game winner, didn't he? Yes, he did. That's terrific. <laughs> it start. That's how. That's how something like this starts. Carmelo hits a game winner against you when he's seventy four years old, and and everything. It falls. wasn't a true buzzer beater, so it actually presented an even more enjoyable outcome where Carmelo hits the uh, fadeaway two, um, <laughs> to, or the pull up two, I should say. Of course, it was to go up two. And then Kyle Lowry misses a three for the win. Oh, oh, that's see, that's, that's that. I feel like that's the kind of that's the kind of ender game that could shift your season. But, um, but no, like they're good and they're a good story. I mean, they've been really banged up and they're still winning games. Nick Nurse, I think, is terrific. I think he might end up tinkering too far, which can off-put players. Um, but he hasn't so far, and obviously they just won a title, so I think he's got some leash there. But um, I, I, just, I just don't think like Siakam is really good. He's come down to earth a little bit. So, uh, so you didn't like the the low post where Arthur and uh, Kareen were basically laughing, saying they they still feel like Toronto kind of has Milwaukee's number if they met up. Uh, did they watch the regular season game where Milwaukee went into Toronto? I guess they didn't, but um, <laughs> kind of a blowout. Uh, no, I I purposefully didn't listen to that because I saw I really like Eric Kareen, so I tweeted out like I'm so sorry, Bucks fans. I actually like your team because it came out right after the Christmas game. I was like, I don't need this. I don't need this in my life. I'm going to pass on that. That was a mental health break I took around the holidays for my own I respect good. that. I respect and that. Honestly, I think it was the right play. And, and for full transparency, I also told Ty that he didn't have to watch Cavs Pistons coming into tonight <laughs> for, for his own mental health. And I was gonna that, that was a good decision. I I, I'm, a, I'm a little punch drunk from it. So I'm, I'm, I'm getting through this. But if Ty was forced to watch it, this whole podcast would be off the rails at this point. Yeah, I'd just be shaking my head muttering, why Sexton? Over and over. It wouldn't be good radio. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's frustrating. I, I, here's the worst part. I I had written the youth report for this week, and I was saying that Sexton has gone, the criticism has gone a little too far on him, and I was giving him the benefit of the doubt. And then he just lays this absolute stinker, which, yeah, that that's, that's the way things go for me. Can't win them all, Chief. <laughs> you cannot win them all, but you know what? When you're on the podcast, Ty, it's always a win for us and, and oh. mostly a win for the listeners. So I do appreciate you coming on, buddy. I, I knew I had to bring my A game. I'm going to be transparent. I had never listened to a podcast with Nam before, and I tweeted this. The last chase down featured him. It was so good. I was like, this conversation rocks. I'm uh, eating my, my chicken tortilla soup at my lunch and I was just like nodding along like I really enjoyed this conversation so I really felt like I had to bring it to follow that up I just hope I lived up to the standard oh you always bring it buddy 
it's always Ooh. a pleasure to have you on. For all of the listeners, make sure you're checking out the Eurostep podcast and following Ty on Twitter at Ty Windish. Uh, it'll be tweeted out in the show notes and all that good stuff. But make sure you're supporting him because he is a great supporter of this podcast and a great dude. Um, so thank you so much, Ty, for coming on. Thank you to all our listeners. If you want to support us, you can do so by leaving a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books for both the Chase Down and the Eurostep podcast. If you want to support, support us directly, you can do so by going to Chase Down Premium. Just give that a Google search. 99 cents for your first month, five bucks a month after that. You get a bunch of bonus content, including the youth report that I alluded to earlier. Uh, and if you want to be part of our Discord chat, get some of your questions answered in the podcast, you can send a screenshot of your review to chasedownpod at gmail.com and we'd be more than happy to send you a link. So thank you to Ty. Thank you to all our listeners. Until next time, go Cavs.